you're listening to How to Stan. For more information about the show, as well as my other podcast, 17 Karat K-Pop, and how you can support both of them, visit 17karatkpop.weebly.com backslash how hyphen to hyphen stan dot html. Enjoy the show! Welcome back to How to Stan, a series of episodes all about who the heck Elon Musk is and why he has such a loyal following. We're going to go through a bit of his life history, then you'll meet the fans and anti-fans. But before I do, I do want to remind you that the people I cover on How to Stan, I'm not necessarily endorsing, but I'm trying to show the cultural hold they have on society and why that is. So I'm not doing PR for him, but I do find his story fascinating. The potential for biases here I want to lay out right away, but I don't think they will affect my coverage. First of all, I may self-censor a bit because I'm a woman online and I worry about the mob that may come after me for criticism of him, so I may tame that a bit. Second of all, I really adore Grimes, his now ex-girlfriend. Her music is one of my favorites of all time. Just her catalog is my music taste summarized. It's just so one of a kind. Anyway, so when I talk about her, I will try to just speak impartially, but I may sound excited because I just think she's the coolest. Anyway, I also want to acknowledge that I'm autistic and so is Elon. So when I talk about him, I may sound defensive at certain moments and you have to know it's because of that. Because you can have valid concerns with him, valid issues with his workplaces, his conduct, substantive reasons, please do not attack surface level stuff like facial expressions or lack thereof, lack of emotional responses, seeming cold or analytical, because those are just traits of being autistic. They're not wrong, we just see the world differently. So you can have your valid critiques, but please do not make fun of those types of traits that neurodivergent people have. Just a part of us, it doesn't make us weird or crazy, it's just different. So please keep that in mind and move your criticism into other territory. If it is in that territory, that's when I get defensive. And I do think it's cool that, finally, an autistic person hosted SNL. Sorry, I like that. You could argue someone else should have been the first, but I'm just saying it's cool that it's happened. What I'm talking about really are comments about his lack of human connection and seeming failure to convey empathy. That's a huge issue to unpack, and I'm no psychologist, but I'm just saying part of that appearance of lack of empathy could be just neurodivergent traits, so keep that in mind too. As well as his laser focus on one project at a time and quickly pivoting to a different laser focus, that's relatable to me. Let's start with a quick review of the characters you will meet in the story of his life. The first person to know in this story is May Musk, M-A-Y-E, Elon's mom. She was born in Canada but raised in South Africa. She was formerly an actress, model, and dietitian who traveled around the world with her family, and she was raised by a dad who's a chiropractor and amateur archaeologist. She would later marry Elon's dad, Errol Musk, who was born in South Africa to a South African dad and a British mom. Errol Musk is a lot of things. A pilot who has flown his family around the world, a sailor, an electromechanical engineer, a consultant, a former half-owner of a zombie and emerald mine, and, where he made tons of his money, a property developer, which is what allowed him really to retire early. He actually recounts how his kids grew up. He made them be self-sufficient, do chores and stuff, but he admits they grew up with so much money, sometimes they wouldn't even close their safe. 
Unclear if the we couldn't even close our safe comment was kind of a joke or literal, but this is a wealthy family who partially owned an emerald mine. Elon has two younger siblings. He has a younger brother, Kimball, who he co-founded his first company with. Kimball is an entrepreneur and a venture capitalist. He owns the Kitchen Restaurant Group and the Kitchen Company, which focuses on growing vegetables across the United States. He's also a part of this organization, Big Green, and their farm-to-table movement, which focuses on planting hundreds of gardens in schools across the U.S., also a restaurant chain. Basically, he wants to transform urban farming. Big Green also even has an urban farming accelerator program, meant to be a tool for young farmers to grow their own food. Elon's younger sister, Tosca, studied film at the University of British Columbia and became a successful filmmaker, producer, and director, and founder of Musk Entertainment, and co-founder and CEO of Passionflix, a streaming service focused on romance books turned movies. Although she initially got into that entertainment world with a web series called Tiki Bar TV, a comedy show that Steve Jobs sang the praises of. Before having two kids with Grimes, Elon Musk had five kids already. He had twins with Justine Musk, Griffin and Xavier, then triplets Damien, Kai, and Saxon, all through IVF. They also had a kid, Nevada Alexander, who we will get to in a bit. And then there's Elon, the eclectic figure himself. His views really defy clean-cut labels, boxes, etc. He has donated significantly to both major political parties in the U.S., he has some interesting views and concerns about the future that have gotten both harsh critics and avid supporters who share his concerns. For example, he has really generated some attention from comments he's made about the belief that we're living in a simulation. Even Neil deGrasse Tyson admitted he's probably onto something. Quote, better than 50-50 odds. I wish I could summon a strong argument against it, but I can find none. End quote. I just want to jump in here for a second and comment that I think what they're talking about is life is a simulation, but not as you're picturing it. So if you want to entertain this life is a simulation notion at all, just know it's not like the movies. Kind of like the existence of mermaids. Yes, mermaids kind of exist, but very technically. Not like the Disney-fied, fairy tale-ready versions from Hollywood. Similarly, you're not going to find a Hollywood movie-ready scenario where there's an alternate reality or a Truman Show scenario at play. But there could be, in a technical sense, a separate simulated reality. Anyway, Musk has drawn a lot of critics for his comments about artificial intelligence. He has said, quote, AI is a fundamental risk to the existence of human civilization, unquote. He has even called artificial intelligence more dangerous than North Korea and views it as just a massive threat that we need to get ahead of before it is uncontrollable. Some notable figures have been in his corner, like the biomed engineer Peter Bannister. But others view what he's saying as just fear-mongering, attention-grabbing, and harming real efforts to research AI before jumping to conclusions about it before framing the topic in a certain way. They also view his predictions as way too sped up. If you want to entertain the notion of an AI takeover, it's not going to be at the rapid pace of, in just a few short years, they will surpass human intelligence that he is warning about. 
One AI researcher who spoke on condition of anonymity to CNBC said, quote, A large proportion of the community think he's a negative distraction. He is sensationalist. He veers wildly between openly worrying about the downside risk of the technology and then hyping the agenda. His loose remarks lead to the general public having an unrealistic understanding of the state of AI maturity. End quote. Mark Zuckerberg has also publicly sparred with Musk over AI in their different views about how much of a threat it really is. He is also very concerned with human population. He worries that human population is in decline, which is part of his fascination with space, going to outer space, and colonizing Mars. He views Mars as the ideal planet that we should all migrate to and that our world is just toast. Despite his environmental initiatives, though, he has in the past championed cryptocurrency, which uses an insane amount of carbon energy. He has reassessed that, though, his feelings on crypto, since he realized the environmental toll it takes. But he continues to sway crypto markets like you wouldn't believe. He's been very influenced by the sci-fi he has loved all his life, including the series Foundation, the book series Culture, Spaceballs, a movie from 1987, and he even named his dog Marvin the Martian. So this is the kind of person we're talking about. It says a lot about him and where his interests lie. Now, a guide to his companies. His first company was called Zip2, which he founded in 1995 at age 23 alongside brother Kimball. Zip2 was basically a way to help newspapers transfer their content online before that was a thing. It sort of also served as a Google Maps precursor, a yellow page for the dawn of the internet, that kind of thing. Zip2 had some really high-profile clients, including New York Times and the Chicago Tribune. Contracts with those two papers specifically really led the brothers to be able to stave off a proposed merger with City Search instead. Then there was X.com, which merged with Confinity, which was created by venture capitalist Peter Thiel and Max Lovechin. Confinity merged with PayPal. PayPal was a part of Confinity. Anyway, X.com is PayPal. PayPal was officially co-founded between Musk and Thiel in 1999 and is the world's largest payment system online. This company was able to be created in part because of Zip2 being sold, so then Musk could invest $10 million he had earned from that sale into a brand new company. Then there is SpaceX, founded in 2002, where Elon is a CEO, a CTO. He invested $100 million of his own dollars into this. And one of the ultimate goals is to use rockets made out of recyclable material to colonize Mars, other planets potentially after that. He also wants to democratize space travel, make it more common and more affordable. SpaceX creates Starlink devices, these satellites that could provide internet access, sometimes specifically to disaster zones. The total cost of the initial Starlink satellite creation and deployment, $10 billion. SpaceX set an ambitious agenda back in November 2016 saying that SpaceX would set on a mission to Mars by 2018, a second mission by 2020, a third by 2022, and the first flight with a human crew to Mars by 2024. There's Tesla. It was Tesla Motors prior to being incorporated as Tesla Inc. They make electric cars, battery products, and solar panels. 
Musk has invested all of his capital into saving this company, and it actually took 15 years before Tesla started turning a profit. Musk has been very invested in this company, but he also has tried to stay more hands-off over time, eventually only being at the facility a couple of times a month. Solar City was technically founded by Musk's cousin, but Musk initially pitched the idea and provided funding for it. His cousins then founded it in 2006, and within six years, it became the USA's second largest solar power provider. We're not even through the full list of companies he's been involved with yet. Zip2, PayPal slash X.com, SpaceX, Tesla, SolarCity, the Musk Foundation, which is focused on providing that SolarCity tech to disaster areas, as well as aiding environmental research. There's Neuralink, which he co-founded in 2016, and again, dropped 100 million into. Neuralink's goal is to make sure we stay on top of the threat of AI by having this, what he calls a Fitbit for the mind, where a sewing type device implants a chip in people with the goal of merging AI and human brain capacities, as well as to eventually treat various diseases, help humans heal themselves, basically. Then there's the Boring Company, an underground tunnel construction business, with the goal of both clearing up congestion above ground and to just help with ease with plans to dig tunnels that go, quote, all the way to your garage. You'll see how all these companies, their services are meant to be associated with each other. So eventually the goal is basically that we're living on a different planet. We learn how to drive via these boring company hyperloops in our Teslas. We live with Neuralinks in our heads. It's all related. And that desire to shift the whole culture is really crystallized with him founding two schools focused on STEM, focused on tech, AI research, and what he views as more pressing matters that public school curricula seems to lack. So there's Ad Astra and Ad Nova. Ad Astra, Latin for to the stars, opened on a SpaceX canvas in 2014. Ad Astra is invite-only. The admissions process is super secretive basically just for kids to go to school where their SpaceX employee parents work. It's a private nonprofit that Musk's own five sons were taken out of public school to attend. And actually, Musk hired one of their old teachers to transfer to this school. Although it started out with just Musk's kids and a few others, it eventually rose to having about 30-ish kids between the ages of 7 and 14. There are no grades, and it's entirely free to attend. Musk picks up the tab for everything, from each student's personal laptop to after-school food trucks. Adnova is very different and focused on online classes, with one day a week typically in person. Adnova is a for-profit school that allows students to enroll from anywhere in the world. Ages 8 to 14 attend, and you pay $7,500 a year. As part of the school's application process, everyone has to hear about the late conundrum, which basically sets up a hypothetical about who is to blame. You have to figure out which party is most to blame, because there's a town and a lake that a corporation dumps chemicals into. There's a group of scientists, there's a group of researchers controlled by a hypothetical character called the Puppet Master, they're created to basically sow doubt about the scientists' research and lobby in favor of the company dumping the chemicals. There's the media, who publishes both the scientists' and the lobbyists' reports. 
There's the politicians who do nothing to change the tangible circumstances. There's the voters who ignore it all. And the ones who do pay attention feel hopelessly confused about who's right, what research to trust, who to turn to. For the sake of continuity and stability, predictability, the voters re-elect the same politicians who did nothing, the corporations keep on dumping chemicals, different parties keep publishing research that battles for your attention, and the lake dies because no one did anything. And so the question posed is who is most at fault? The answer is actually, according to this thought experiment, the voters. Not the media, not the corporations, not the politicians, the voters. Then the follow-up question is what could be done to avoid that fate of that water being ruined. So that's a rundown of the companies and visions of Elon Musk. Then, of course, there's Twitter. We will talk about that later on. Here is a rundown of his various companies' previously asserted goals. Many have come to pass and not come to fruition. The goal by the end of 2019, get half a million Teslas built annually. Actually, just last year, 2021, they reached about 936,000, so they are still working towards a million. In 2020, get to a million, and the other main goal was to start human Neuralink trials. The call for human volunteers actually ended up coming out in January 2022. The goal by the end of 2021, open a fifth gigafactory, this Tesla manufacturing center, and start building Cybertrucks there. That did not actually open until April this year, and the Cybertrucks may still need some work, as a live demo of the Cybertruck proving its bulletproof status didn't work at all, and the metal ball thrown at it smashed it. Then there's the goal to launch a spaceship on Mars by the end of 2022. We'll see how that goes. By the end of 2023, initiate the Dear Moon Project, a SpaceX private lunar mission and fly a billionaire around the moon. Other goals include sending humans to Mars by 2031-ish and officially making humans multiplanetary by 2040, populating Mars with at least 80,000 people by then. His organizations also hope to start plant growth on Mars and carry humans in a spaceship from New York to LA in 25 minutes. Where does his money come from? First of all, he's made several comments over the years about not really being cash flushed. He really does have most of his money in stocks, in his company's values, rather than a stereotype of a rich guy with a jacket with a pocket full of $100 bills. A lot of the time he is actually, when he sells one of his old companies, he'll get a payout and spend part of that payout investing in a new company. He also gets some carbon credit sales thanks to Tesla. And SpaceX has had a lucrative partnership with NASA. So Musk gets a lot of government subsidies for his projects rather than having to rely on profit. About 75% of Musk's wealth comes from Tesla. Musk doesn't even get a salary from Tesla. He technically signed an agreement with them so that the money he gets from Tesla is not based on salary. It's not fixed. It's based on revenue, valuation, etc. He became a millionaire when, at age 28, he sold his first company for $307 million. He got $22 million from that payout. Critics over time insist the Musk Foundation should give out more money, and has only given out $25 million directly to nonprofits over 16 years. 
nearly half of which went to OpenAI during its nonprofit years, so he's investing in himself in a way. And Musk insists he deserves to do so and deserves this wealth because what is greater and more deserving of funding than helping humanity survive and thrive and evolve? One other interesting financial thing about Musk, he is always in a feud with short sellers and has called them, quote, jerks who want us to die. He has a long-standing feud with them, thought to be largely due to publications of oppo research on companies they view as overvalued. Now let's get to the timeline. Back to the 1950s and earlier, Errol Musk's grandma becomes the first chiropractor in Canada, and his mom and dad become the first to fly from South Africa to Australia in a single-engine plane. May Musk's dad in the 50s, Joshua, emigrates from Minnesota to South Africa. May's family travels the world in a propeller plane, and she moves to Pretoria, a wealthy part of South Africa, where she meets Errol during her modeling years. In Pretoria, South Africa, June 28, 1971, Elon Reeve Musk is born. The next year, Kimball is born. Two years later, Tosca. During his childhood, Musk has his adenoids removed because people think he is deaf. But it turns out he is just, quote, in another world when he thinks. He used to play chess, but then he gives up when he decides, what's the point? Computers are better than humans at this, and we will never surpass them. He was viewed as quite a nerd, and bullied so badly, he was thrown down a flight of stairs and hospitalized for it. At age 10, Musk's parents divorce. Musk decides to stay, living with his dad, but later sounds bitter about that decision, and describes Errol as, quote, almost every evil thing you could possibly think of he has done, end quote. The relationship gets so bad between Elon and Errol that eventually Elon and Justine, his wife, mutually agree their kids will never meet their grandpa. An interesting formative experience, one of the homes Elon was raised in post-divorce was in a suburb frequented by foreign diplomats. He also grew up with access to the first home video game console, Magnavox Odyssey. Musk fell in love with gaming, particularly with arcade games, after a trip to the USA with his dad, and gaming inspired him to learn how to make games for himself. At age 11, Arrow managed to get Elon into a University of Johannesburg, despite them saying, no, he's way too young, he can't come in. Arrow managed to get Elon into this three-hour lecture, which he adored. He said when he came back to get Elon with Kimball, they found him, and quote, there was Elon with his jacket and tie off and shirt rolled up in his long gray flannels in four feet high, talking to all these blokes from England. When I walked up, one of these professors, who didn't even bother to introduce himself, said this boy needs to get his hands on one of these computers. So we got one, and with that computer he taught himself, using disk operating system, end quote. Musk did teach himself computer programming using a manual and not much else. He created his own video game code at age 12, which he sold to two different magazines. At age 17, he briefly attends the University of Pretoria before switching to Queen's University in Canada after five months. That was enough time to excuse him from having to enlist in South Africa's mandatory military service. Musk also gets into public speaking a lot at this point in his life and at the University of Pennsylvania. In 1989, Musk gets Canadian citizenship and works at a farm and a lumber mill doing odd jobs for a year while living with a cousin in Canada. 
He starts classes at Queen's University in 1990 and meets Justine while she is pursuing a writing career. She's really drawn to him because he encourages her ambition, and she's excited because previous guys she dated had viewed it as threatening. To see a woman as ambitious, as really into passion projects, they didn't care for that. But Elon seemed to champion this independence. She also liked his clean-cut nature, and gestures like sending her roses, and letting her go wild, buying as many books in the bookstore with his money as she wanted. They drifted apart, though, because Justine spent a year teaching ESL in Japan, then became a bartender and an aspiring author. She was just going somewhere else with her life. But she ended up telling her sister, quote, if Elon ever calls me again, I think I'll go for it. I might have missed something there. And quote, he called a week after that comment. So as fate would have it, they reconnected. In 94, Musk gets two different Silicon Valley internships, one at an energy storage startup and one with a company called Rocket Science Games. In 95, Musk gets accepted into a Stanford program in energy physics and material science. But after two days at Stanford, he drops out and decides to start Zip2 instead, a site he says he worked on coding pretty much 24-7, living in a small place in Silicon Valley, trying to make it. In 97, Musk graduates with a BA in physics and a Bachelor of Science in economics, an unusual combination. In 99, he sells Zip2 to Compaq, which acquires it for $307 million. Musk renovates a new condo, buys a private plane, and gets a million-dollar sports car. He then invests in and co-founds X.com, which gained over 200,000 customers in the first few months of service. By the end of the year, though, X.com investors replace Musk with Bill Harris, the CEO of Intuit, owner of TurboTax now, because they view Musk as too inexperienced and disorganized to stay in charge. Also in late 1999, Elon convinces Justine to sign a financial agreement. He says it's not a prenup, it's just something my new company wants you to sign. Trusting her husband, Justine signs it, only to later find out it is basically signing into mediation, basically meaning what she says and does cannot be used in a court of law against him and must stay confidential. In the early 2000s, the X.com board replaces Musk with Peter Thiel. This is also when Musk marries Justine, Justine has their five kids, she sells three novels to Penguin and Simon and & Schuster, she's doing well in her career, at this time also, actually, Elon Musk gets malaria and almost dies. Then he said, quote, that's my lesson for taking a vacation. Vacation will kill you, end quote. In 2001, Musk gets involved with a nonprofit called Mars Society. This is also the year he took a trip to Moscow and was trying to create an offer to buy a rocket to send mice or plants, he wasn't sure, to Mars. The Russians he met with did not take him seriously. One even spit on him and they just thought he was joking and wasting their time. So they went back from the trip empty-handed, to say the least. But Musk comes back to Russia in February 2002, and when they reject an $8 million offer, he decides to just start his own company, and SpaceX was founded a couple months later in May. Other things that happened in 2002, the Musk Foundation forms, Musk gets U.S. citizenship and starts living in L.A. with Justine, eBay acquires PayPal for $1.5 billion, and Elon's net worth then rises to over $100 million. 
from the eBay PayPal acquisition, actually, he earns $165 million. This is also the year, though, when tragedy struck, and Nevada Alexander Musk died of SIDS at 10 weeks. He spent three days on life support before they pulled the plug. And Justine said, quote, Nevada's death sent me on a years-long inward spiral of depression and distraction that would be continuing today if one of our only nannies hadn't noticed me struggling. She approached me with the name of an excellent therapist. Dubious, I gave it a shot. In those weekly sessions, I began to get perspective on what had become my life, end quote. She also claims she wanted to publicly grieve the loss of Nevada, but Musk told her not to and criticized external displays of emotion, accusing her of being, quote, manipulative. Still desiring kids, though, Justine started going to an IVF clinic less than two months after losing Nevada. In July 2003, Tesla Motors becomes Tesla Inc. In 2004, Musk's twin sons are born. A Wikipedia page is created for Musk, with less than 100 words on it. More on that later. And Musk officially joins Tesla's board of directors and becomes a majority shareholder after leading an investment round and investing $6.5 million into this. 2006, another big year. He has his triplet sons. His cousins co-found City, and NASA awards a contract to SpaceX Falcon 1 rocket, despite its initial failures to complete a launch successfully. In 2007, Musk and Justine are living in a 6,000-square-foot house in Bel Air. They have a staff of five, and they're getting frequent invites to elite Hollywood parties, events. They are A-list right now. It's interesting because earlier on, when he had asked Justine hypothetically if we had kids someday, how many would you want? She said two, maybe more, if we have nannies or other help, as like a joke. But he responded, quote, that's the difference between you and me. I just assume there will be nannies, end quote. Justine wrote about feeling very controlled at this point, though, and stifled, and didn't understand because in the early days, Musk had been so supportive of her ambition and passion projects. She has also written publicly about him being very consumed with his work and Justine longing for more intimate conversations and just time together. After about a month of trying to salvage this relationship with counseling, Musk tells Justine, look, fix the marriage now or we're divorcing tomorrow. Justine said, quote, by which I understood he meant our status quo works for me, so it should work for you. He filed for divorce the next morning, unquote. A legal battle has since ensued because of that contract he made her sign before. The TLDR of the legalese here is that the court issue is if a mediation confidentiality signature like hers has greater or less weight than a marital fiduciary duty. Anyway, the point is, the judge ruled it, quote, a long cause matter, worth revisiting. So although he actually technically ruled in Musk's favor, he immediately approved their case for an appeal. Meanwhile, in the spring 2008, they got divorced officially. Justine says after a car accident, she looked in the mirror and could not recognize herself. Quote, I had turned into a trophy wife and I sucked at it. I wasn't detail-oriented enough to maintain a perfect house or be a perfect hostess. I could no longer hide my boredom when the men talked and the woman smiled and listened. I wasn't interested in Botox or makeup or reducing the appearance of scars from my C-sections. And no matter how many highlights I got, Elon pushed me to be blonder. 
go platinum, he kept saying, and I kept refusing, unquote. Six weeks after divorcing, Musk texts Justine, announcing he is engaged to Tallulah Riley, a young British actress who had actually moved to L.A. for him. They had started dating just that year. Also in 2008, Musk officially becomes Tesla's CEO and product architect following the ouster of Martin Eberhard. SpaceX's Falcon 1 rocket has a successful launch after three previous attempts and becomes the first private liquid-fueled rocket to ever do this and wins the American Institute of Aeronautics and Astronautics George Lowe Transportation Award. And also in 2008, about 2,500 Tesla Roadsters are sold. This is the first ever serial production of all-electric lithium-ion battery cars. In June 2010, Musk joins Twitter and Tesla goes public. It launches an initial public offering that briefly reaches $25 a share and raises $226 million, getting backing from notable names like Toyota. In September 2010, Musk and Tallulah get married in Scotland. Also in 2010, the Falcon rocket receives another award. The Musk Foundation donates solar panels to the South Bay Community Alliance Hurricane Response Center in Alabama. And Musk makes a cameo in Iron Man 2. Parts of that movie were actually filmed at a SpaceX lot. And Iron Man's whole character is rumored to have kind of been inspired by the personality of Elon. Musk is in a scene in that movie talking about private jets at the Grand Prix with Tony Stark. In 2011, Musk donates $250,000 to a solar power project in Japan post-tsunami. And the space shuttle retires and is officially replaced by SpaceX which at this point has a $1.6 billion contract from NASA. In 2012, Musk takes the giving pledge, meaning a wealthy person is going to give away the majority of their money, either throughout their life or in their will, to charitable causes. This is also the year Musk debuts on Forbes Billionaires list, with a $2 billion net worth. The Falcon Rocket wins another award. This is also the year Elon and Tallulah separate and the year Elon is rumored to have started pursuing a relationship with Amber Heard, which will not come to be until 2017. In August 2013, Musk announces his plans for a Hyperloop, an underground tunnel system for his type of car, in California. It was then called a vacuum tube train, and it corresponded with a significant rise in Google searches for Musk. A bunch of random stuff happened in 2013. Tesla and SolarCity teamed up to work on batteries and rooftop panels. Tesla's Model S was named Car of the Year by Motor Trend magazine. Elon's mom, May, appeared in a Beyonce video, Haunted. Elon made a cameo in Machete Kills. Kimball joined the Chipotle board of directors. And Elon and Tallulah got remarried. Lot said in 2014, Musk made his public comments about the threat of AI being stronger than nukes. He also claimed the reason he invested in DeepMind, the British AI company, is because of that risk and the need to understand AI before it's too late to rein it in. Those comments were actually made just two months after Google had acquired DeepMind for around $600 million, which gave Musk and Peter Thiel massive paydays because they had been investors. 
Also in 2014, Musk announces Tesla will make their patents publicly available for anyone to use and say they're not going to sue anyone for using their patented technology, saying we need to do this to quicken the pace of transitioning to electric vehicles. This is also when Tesla announces the first Gigafactory, an assembly plant basically, for Nevada. It would run on renewable energy, and the factory would be designed to be a net zero facility. He also had hopes of making his Gigafactories the biggest buildings in the world, which actually the Gigafactory kind of is the biggest factory by footprint. Not total square footage, but that's an aside. A Russian space chief, Dmitry Rogozin, responded to Western sanctions that year, joking that the U.S. should just start sending astronauts to the ISS International Space Station via trampoline since NASA relies on Russian spacecraft but couldn't due to the new sanctions. NASA then used a SpaceX rocket six years later, so Musk got to joke six years in the making, quote, the trampoline is working. And so trampoline references became a running gag sort of thing for Musk merch. 2014 is also when Musk donates a million dollars to a Nikola Tesla museum. He donates $475 million to Ad Astra School, a solar city production facility, opens up in Buffalo, New York. And Musk donates $1 million to the Tesla Science Center, pledging to build a supercharger there. November 19, 2015. Musk tweets about Tesla hoping to recruit, quote, hardcore engineers, a post that takes off globally. The next day, Tesla has its largest recall yet due to seatbelt problems. And around this time, maybe because of the previous day's tweet, maybe more because of the Tesla recall, there's a huge spike in Google searches for Musk. November 24th, Elon and Jeff Bezos get into a fight on Twitter over their differing rocket capacities. December 22nd, 2015, there's another boost in Google searches for Musk after SpaceX completes a vertical rocket landing. Also that December, Musk announces the nonprofit OpenAI, which will become a DeepMind rival company focused on AI safety. Musk then gives a billion dollars to an AI research lab in San Francisco and $10 million to the Future of Life Institute a research institute that would use that money to explore the use of AI tech. Other miscellaneous stuff from 2015, Musk gives away $475 million to Ad Astra School. He gets an honorary doctorate degree in engineering and tech from Yale. Starlink satellite networks start to officially offer their internet access. Musk's Wikipedia page surpasses 110 million direct page views. Musk plays himself working in a soup kitchen on an episode of The Big Bang Theory. There's also an episode about him that basically spoofs Alice Shrugged of The Simpsons, a Simpsons episode called The Musk Who Fell to Earth. The LA Times tries to determine the total amount of money Elon's companies have gotten from the government so far and come to the total of $4.9 billion. And this is also the year 40-year-old Tesla employee Mark Vasquez permanently injures his back. He has to actually sell a lot of his belongings to make up for the downturn in wages after he's tasked with light-duty assignments for the future. He says he still has leg numbness and pain from his work at Tesla and his requirement not to use a motor scooter in certain public situations has left him nervous about socializing. More on Tesla factory behavior later. In early 2016, 
Musk acquires the Tesla.com domain name that had actually been owned by someone else since 92. By late January, Musk owns nearly 29 million shares of Tesla, around 22% of the company. April 1, 2016, Google interest in Tesla rises, but not for Musk on his own. Just Google interest in Tesla, as Tesla announces their plans for a 35K Model 3 car. Summer 2016, Tesla announces they will cut ties with Mobileye and instead start developing autopilot software in-house instead of outsourcing. This is also when the first Gigafactory opens in Nevada, and a deal closes that merges Tesla and SolarCity. Miscellaneous things that happened in 2016, the AdNova school opens, Musk founds Neuralink, Tesla stock drops 10% after the $2 billion SolarCity acquisition, Musk makes heads turn with his comments about, yeah, people might die as we colonize Mars, but you should be ready for the challenge. Be ready for that potential risk. Him and Tallulah divorce again. He's on an episode of South Park. He would return for several episodes a few seasons later. And he has a cameo in Why Him. He actually had to reschedule his cameo filming because he had a failed rocket launch to attend to. Relatable. February 2017. The Boring Company does a test dig on SpaceX property, so no permit is required. April 10th, 2017, for the first time, Tesla becomes the most valued car maker in America, surpassing General Motors in sales, but it loses that top spot days later. April 24th, 2017, Musk posts to Instagram, confirming his relationship with Amber Heard. May 2017, two separate investigations come out related to Tesla factory workplace safety. One is released by The Guardian, another by a workplace safety organization. People opened up about terminal injuries they suffered on the job, to which Musk replied, quote, No words can express how much I care about your safety and well-being. Going forward, I've asked that every injury be reported directly to me without exception. I'm meeting with the safety team every week and would like to meet every injured person as soon as they are well so that I can understand from them exactly what we need to do to make it better. I will then go down to the production line and perform the same task that they perform. Anonymous workers who spoke to the Guardian say that was lip service and he never met with them, nor did he try to live a day in their life. One person said, quote, if he was truly going to meet with all the employees who got injured, he would be here for half the year, end quote. A Tesla spokesman said Musk met with the injured workers, quote, many times. The Guardian asked for clarification and were given the names of 10 workers they could talk to. Presumably, they were asking to talk to 10 of the injured workers, but they were given a list of just 10 workers. Then the Guardian says, quote, of the 10 workers whose names Tesla provided, the Guardian was able to reach four. None of the four had ever been injured, but all praised Musk and said they had seen him at the factory, end quote. June 2017, Musk announces he is leaving his council board positions he was given in the Trump White House in protest over Trump deciding to leave the Paris Climate Agreement. July 2017, Musk buys the x.com domain from PayPal for an undisclosed sum and just cites sentimental value. August 2017, a tweet really takes off from him saying, quote, if you're not concerned about AI safety, you should be. 
vastly more risk than North Korea, unquote. This comment was made alongside a picture of a gambling poster that says, quote, in the end, the machines will win, unquote. In September 2017, Musk tweets that the likely cause of World War III will be AI and says Putin was right to say whoever leads the globe in AI will become, quote, the ruler of the world. Also in September 2017, Musk signs a contract with the government of South Australia to work on a solution to the area's energy blackouts. A lithium-ion battery installation is complete in just 100 days. More from 2017. Musk shows interest in buying Twitter someday. He also tweets a quote from the founder of Modern Turkey that says, quote, If one day my words are against science, choose science, unquote. This is also the year production begins in a second gigafactory in Buffalo, a factory paid for thanks to the money from the Solar City acquisition. February 6, 2018, a Tesla Roadster launches out of Earth's orbit. February 7, 2018, Tesla experiences the biggest quarterly loss to date of over half a million dollars. This is also the month Musk resigns from OpenAI's board to avoid conflicts of interest with Tesla. This is also when the first two prototype Starlink satellites are launched. March 2018. Elon defends his remarks from four years earlier about the dangers of AI surpassing those of nukes. News reports come out that month about a fatal crash with a Tesla Model X, and Tesla share values drop because of it. Just one of several reported fatal Tesla crashes for that year. May 2nd, 2018. Musk holds an earnings call that really draws some buzz and raises eyebrows when he sounds impatient and angry and calls the analyst boring and boneheaded. May 7th, 2018. Elon Musk makes his red carpet debut with the musician Grimes and a rise in Google searches benefits Musk again after their Met Gala appearance. May 23, 2018. Andrew J. Hawkins, transportation editor at The Verge, tweets, quote, Musk continues his slow transformation into a media-baiting Trump figure screaming irrationally about fake news. Hope it works out for you, dude, unquote. Musk replies, quote, thought you'd say that. Anytime anyone criticizes the media, the media shrieks, you're just like Trump. Why do you think he got elected in the first place? Because no one believes you anymore. You lost your credibility a long time ago, unquote. This comes after a Bloomberg report comes out saying Tesla is facing some financial problems due to a debt-fueled acquisition of SolarCity. Later that day, Musk tweets a plan to create an alternate social media platform, quote, where the public can rate the core truth of any article and track the credibility score over time, unquote. June 12, 2018. Musk makes news via tweet that 9% of Tesla's workforce is being laid off in a, quote, difficult but necessary reorg. Okay, June and July 2018 are where things get really bizarre. That's where I will end for today. See you soon for the next installment.